listening to the Ed Reach Network. Ed Gamer. There we go. Ed Gamer, episode 144 on Ed Reach. Yummy game creation using game salad. This is Ed Gamer for Wednesday, October 8th, 2014. Ed Gamer is part of the Ed Reach Network, edreach.us, giving education a voice. A big, big voice. voice. Yeah. We didn't, we didn't practice that, no, did we? No, no. This show is dedicated to education gaming on any platform. We will give you the education angle on any type of games, ranging from tabletops to MMOs. We will discuss how these games impact student learning and how they can be used effectively within the classroom. I'm Zach. I'm Steve. And? Ah, microphone. And he's yep. Dan. And he's Dan. <laughs> Dan's having fun with a microphone. So, Steve, while, yeah. he's, while he's working on that, sure. just tell us a little bit about yourself. Absolutely. So, my name's Steve Isaacs. Um, I teach uh, video game design and development at William Adam Middle School in Basking Ridge, New Jersey. I also teach um, an online version of the course for virtual high school. Um, probably have the f most fun job in the world, maybe. And um, in addition, I, uh, I host uh, or co-moderate the uh, EdTech Bridge chat with Katya Hot. That's an awesome name. I just yeah. love that name. A great name. So, and, uh, and I always seem to be coming in at the tail end of that EdTech Bridge chat. And I feel bad, but it's dinner, it's time. dinner time and it's family time, Absolutely. so that's that's very important for me. For sure, it's very important. Yep. And Dan, are you back? Oh no. He's. Do you know sign language? Um, no, but I we probably could read his lips. You know, <laughs> get part of the way through that way. So, hold on here. I want to get. I think he's. Maybe he could create a real, whip up a real quick game and game salad that could, uh, you know, kind of, he could interact with and could tell go. us everything it needs yep. to. I think he's, I think he's going to another computer. He's, he was having some problems with, uh, his, his Mac was running at 136% processing power. <laughs> yeah, I, I think that's overloaded. So I think he'll jump back in. So Dan is the director of operations at Game Salad in Austin, Texas. And uh, that's kind of big, and it's a pretty cool platform. Steve, you have you teach game design. I do. Have you messed around with Game Salad? I, I have a little bit. I've always been intrigued by Game Salad. Never quite um, had the time to dive in head first. So I'm, I'm actually especially interested in hearing more from Dan. Um, I use a few other products. Yes, and I want to hear Dan too. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Dan. I hear. So, hey, we're going to go into some news while Dan's getting uh, getting adjusted there. So, Get I was... The chiropractor? Oh, there we go. Hold on. All right, I'm back it to the is. desk. That's Yay! perfect. <laughs> back to the desk. Yay. We didn't say much about you while you were gone. Only the bad stuff, I'm sure. Yeah, and I'm sure I can cut that out before you see it. <laughs> I'll, need, I'll, I'll do some editing. Do some editing. So, Dan, we, I kind of introduced you, but go ahead and uh, say your thing. You know, who are you? 
Yeah, so uh, my name is Dan Nagaki. I'm the uh, Director of Operations for Game Salad. Uh, we're based in Austin, Texas, and uh, our mission statement, our job, is to uh, make game creation accessible to everyone. And uh, I kind of got involved in uh, meeting you guys and, and learning more about EdTech uh, out at uh, the GLS conference. Uh, and we're kind of, uh, you know, um, uh, learning more about uh, educational technology and how our products being used in schools. So that's kind of uh, how the, the intersection of, of, of how I start, got started to get into this whole process. So is that your first time at GLS? Yeah, yeah. Um, I actually uh, had heard some people talk about it before, but uh, prior to starting to work at GameStop, I'd never, I'd never really um, been involved in the educational sector in a formal capacity. Uh, so it was always sort of one of those conferences that that's like, oh, it'd be cool to go to that, but you know, I always end up at GDC or E3 or you know, one of those oh, yeah. annoying places. Uh, and I'm serious, actually, I, I had a lot more fun at GLS than I've had in years at a game conference because it was just such a laid-back group. And yeah, you're not surprising us at all because it is it is an awesome conference. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Will you be back? Oh yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, okay, cool. If, even if I've got to, you know, even if I've got to kind of get out there on my own dime, I mean, the uh, the terrace was enough to convince me. <laughs> but you know, uh, I'm a guy that likes beer and brat, so it doesn't really take a whole lot of uh, of, of arm twisting there. So they have they have that in Wisconsin. A little bit. Yeah. A little bit. <laughs> yes, you'll they do. The, you'll come for the education, and you'll stay for the beer and brats. That's right. Yes. Yes. Hey, so my name is Zach Gilbert. I haven't done that yet. And I'm your host. I'm a sixth grade social studies language arts teacher from Normal, Illinois. And so we got Dan. We have Steve. Jerry is sick. And um, Get well not, soon, Jerry. Yes. Yep, get well soon. You know, he's always mentally sick, but not – this is physically. So, you know, that's – yeah, so it's a little different. Hey, so little news. Uh, Game Club last Friday. Now, hold it. Dan, this is my tangent. How do you pronounce your last name? It's pronounced Magaki and spelled M-A-G-A-H-A. So that is what I like to call um, Scottish call screening. So that anybody that wants to sell me anything, know if they know me or if they're just selling me something. That is awesome. Okay, so now I understand the H and the, you know, the, yeah. the Magaki. Yeah. Okay, yeah. very cool. Um, so I had my game club last Friday, and uh, I had 56 kids. Wow. 56 kids, yeah. So we have a school of 700 students, and I had 56 kids. And there were a lot of kids that were not, <laughs> that weren't able to come because they're in season, they're in less sports season or anything like that. So I had, um, I had Jamie from Grafalia's Airy, and that's a board game tabletop uh, place in Bloomington, Illinois. And uh, he brought Dominion, which is a great card game, which I really need to learn more. Um, and he taught about six or seven. Uh, of my students. Then I had another friend of mine, um, John Peterson, who's a parent, and he brought some games. And then we had another parent, Jen, and another teacher. And I was all over the place, uh, just running around. I didn't get to play anything. I just was <laughs> running around, and it was it was crazy. Kids were so excited, and you know, I I'm sure some of the students are listening. Um, I had one kid that got tripped up in a uh, a laptop bag. And they were holding the handle, and the strap was down on the ground. His foot got – he slammed into the wall. And a teacher friend of mine that was out in the hall, I go, this is game club. We don't get injured in game club. <laughs> There's no injuring in 
Game Club? Contact Sport. I mean, you know. Contact It's like they're so excited to get around and get to places. And it was, it was, it was so, it was a lot of fun. I got some really good pictures. Uh, one of the rooms that we were in, because we had to split up into different parts, I was in the IMC library. And then one of the labs that was nearby. Dan, you'll appreciate this. I had, uh, I have 15 computers that have Civilization 4 on it. Uh oh. So I've been using that for years and uh, since it came out. And so this year's group got to play, and uh, now I've been using it in Game Club, and it was, they're just having so much fun. They're so just, how, how often are the kids doing this? Like, okay, I'm coming, I'm coming, I'll be right there. I'll be right there. <laughs> <laughs> One more turn. Yeah. One more turn. Yeah, it's they they were upset. We we were five days in the computer lab playing Civilization in my Soul Studies classroom, and they're just like, so when are we coming back? When when's when's the next unit that we get to use the game? It is just it's such a great visual. We'll talk about that later. So the um so have so I have the links to Grafali's area. He is he's giving discounts in the area for teachers and uh, for teachers and then if you're using it and using a school account he's giving a bigger discount so it's uh, I, don't, I forget what it is I think it's like 30 20 percent 40 percent discount on the games and I think that's great and he was he thought there would be 12 kids when he showed up he's just like oh, I was thinking there'd be about 12 15 kids and there's 56 it was it was just a it was a nice it was a nice sight to see so how do you another, put that many cats at one time that's that's um well, you know, they get engrossed with the game, and you know, it's usually it's not too bad. I have enough. I have enough catnip. That's a good point. Yeah, there's enough catnip going around. Um, so, I got a I got an email from a friend of mine, a, a building tech, Sean Mullins, who's in uh, Unit Five Schools, and he sent me this uh, video, uh, STEM career with Dan Norton, who is there's look at Steve's bringing up. He's he's trying to be Jerry. Try my best. Okay, now that's Grafali's area. Yep. He's making a new website. Because they Which have one am I bringing up now? Um, the STEM career question and answer with Dan Norton, who uh, is with Filament Games. Oh, and okay. Wait, let is. me see. Let me make sure I have it. Um, hey, Dan, uh, do you know Dan? I don't. Uh, I, you know, I, uh, that's one thing I did not do when I was at GLS was uh, get to go out to the Filament party. Um, I, I don't know. I think I ended up just chatting with somebody in the hallway for like an hour and a half later than I met to, and then I never got to go over there. Dan did a presentation on, and I think, Steve, were you in that one? The, um, the well-played? The yes. Well, well, there was one. That was I think that was, was that the Magic one? Magic I mean, he the Gathering. You. Yeah. He was doing Magic the Gathering, and that was pretty cool. Yeah. So, yeah, so we have, uh, and then what I think is really cool is that they asked him these questions. What are your favorite hobbies or activities? Do you play any musical instruments? Do you do any sports? You know, what is your friend's uh, favorite non-science book? So it just kind of goes into it. Who are, who are the people that you admire? Uh, James Paul G is on there, of course. So you know, the very. So I thought it was kind of cool. So he attended UW Madison. Of course, there's it seems it's either UW Madison or Arizona State or yeah. So those are kind of the the big schools. So it's kind of a it's a very cool interview. It's one of those that'll be in the show notes. And let's see. Oh, say hey, Steve. Yes. Um, did you just try to get? Did you do like a some funding for some tabletop games? I did, and um, and uh, you you actually helped out quite a bit. But uh, I um, so I did a, a donors choose grant uh that I called 
it was a, for game design on... Uh, actually, that's... Did you just put that up? Hey, I did that. Okay. Well, that's okay. actually... That's, a, that's one I did last year, in fact. Oh, um, but I wanted to show that as well. So last year I did a grant called Play, Make, Learn, Empowering Students in the Maker Age. And with that grant, we got some really cool stuff like the Project Spark and the, uh, for the Xbox One. So I got an Xbox One. Um, a Raspberry Pi. I got four Makey Makeys. Um, I got a Disney Infinity and a number of books and things. And uh, the whole premise there is that I do a 20% time activity with my kids where they choose one of these or something else, but these are resources that they have available that they can um, learn how to use and create something of their own with by the end. Um, oh, and there's the Ouya system. I think we talked about this last time I was on the show, Zach. In fact. Might have been. Ouya. But that's still pretty cool. Go back to school. And the one I just got funded um, that actually I just you know, just yesterday, or maybe even today, yesterday it got fully funded, was um, on design, uh, game design, and what we're going to look at there is non-digital games and kind of analyzing and deconstructing the game mechanics so the kids really get a sense of what's behind that. And uh, my hope is, in addition to having a great time playing games and analyzing them, that some of my kids will take to, to um, designing board games or non-digital games as well. So... You know, uh, Zach, you gave me a bunch of recommendations, uh, and so did a number of other people. And, I mean, we've, we're getting, I can't wait, we're going to be getting uh, boxes and boxes from Amazon of uh, non-digital games uh, over the next week or so. I am so jealous. That's, um, i got to say, I really love the uh, analog, you know, design. Um, even, you know, you don't even have, it doesn't even necessarily have to be limited to designing a board game. Um, I just gave a talk here in Austin about um, just sort of some things I've learned over the years about prototyping and uh -huh. iterative development. And one of the things I talked about was, you know, when I was starting out as a young uh, producer working, you know, in uh, the industry, and we, we prototyped games on a whiteboard, um, and we were doing, you know, turn-based game prototypes using whiteboards and, you know, covering up uh, uh, squares like Fog of War with Post-it notes. Um, and it's really cool because you, you start to realize, you know, the first step in building a game isn't sitting down and starting to write code or making right. a fancy title screen. It's just figuring out what's fun and, you know, what the what the interesting decisions are that you're going to make. And you do that in a group with a room full of people, and all of a sudden, you know, the collaboration and everything, you know, you start to realize how many things that you do on a daily basis are, you know, are kind of intertwined with that type of experience. So it's really it's a really great thing to do. Um, and I think actually uh, the other thing that's cool about that is even for people who are designers or who want to be designers is, you know, all, a lot of the things that, that prompt you and that sort of uh, uh, help you um, come up with great game design ideas are found in the physical world. And if you're constantly just looking at digital things and looking at games and, and looking at game consoles, you're going to miss all these really delightful things in the, in the real world that actually can be brought into a game mechanic. Yeah, yep. I, I, I'm and excited. <laughs> Amen. Yeah. yeah. And I, I might be, I might be uh, picking your brain a little, um, you know, for some of the prototyping ideas and, and, and such, Dan. Um, yeah, absolutely. But, yeah. So this is the list. Okay. That is the list. And, of course, you know, Carcassonne, I mean, small world. Now, I, I will tell you, talk about game design, okay? There's so many different variables in that game. 
Um, <laughs> I, my friends and I actually played the iPad version. Uh -huh. uh, because it automatically does the rules. Because you're like, well, what if you have this combination and this combination? It is, and we're always, if we're playing with the uh, the actual uh, tabletop version, we'll actually have our iPads out looking up the rules because they're so it's it, it's it's almost to a pain <laughs> that you have to the rules. But no, but it's good. It's good because especially for kids, have them work through it, and then having them come up with the combinations of. What do you think are the best combinations of you know skills with the the groups? So do you want um, you know uh, was it flying uh, giants or something? You know or you know there's so many different combinations. But Carcassonne, that's a Settlers of Catan is just amazing. I mean all these are wonderful. Kids love King of Tokyo. Yeah, I played that at uh, GLS for the first time. A few of these, in fact, Ticket to Ride. That's where I played. Um, yeah. yeah. So, uh, but yeah, King yep. of Tokyo is fun, and and I, I like. I hope it's a nice mix. You know, I, I threw some. Some of them are card games. Some of them. There are a couple that I actually created a wish list in addition because I when I was building it, the 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 <laughs> the amount of money I was asking for was growing and growing, and I you know felt I had to cut back and didn't realize I was gonna have you know such an easy time funding it, but. Uh, but I still have a wish list of about ten other titles that I think for for the people who feel very sad that they couldn't donate the first time around, I'll be happy to um, to share the wish list with them. Okay, tell me this: Is it really tacky? <laughs> is it really tacky? If I created a donor's choose and had your permission to kind of copy and paste some of this and put my little thing on there. Absolutely. Is that, is uh, that a cloth of, oh my god, I can't believe he asked that, Dan? Is that what that... No, 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 no. I think that's, I think it's great. I mean, think about, I mean, hopefully, I, you know, I'm all, all about open-ed education, anyway, oh, yeah. right? Like, if there's a good idea here, and, and just think how cool it'll be if you take it on, too, and we'll collaborate, and it'll only be oh. better. I, I, the business person in me uh, hears this and thinks, so what you need to do is reach out to all these companies and yeah. basically what we what we see all the time in indie game development is bundles. Everybody wants to get into a bundle because the, the marketing is shared and getting mm. in front of people. So you create the, you know, um, you know uh, uh, GBL, uh, you know, uh, card game or dice game or your physical board game bundle, yeah. reach out to all these groups and say, like, hey, you know, can we get discount pricing and then offer it to, you know, a bunch of uh, to really anybody that wants to buy it for their classroom. Do you think Humble Bundle would do this? Ooh. So, welcome. <laughs> that's great. And, <laughs> it's a, and, you know, and... and, and, and digital games, but uh, do they do anything that's non-digital? The Humble Bundle? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's, it's starting to happen more, for sure. But yeah, I'll write this down. And, you know, be, besides that, I mean, Zach, what a great idea for us to reach out, you know, again, joining forces to some of these companies and say, hey, yeah. this is... Because now that I have a, an idea for the tie-in with the curriculum, right, if we start pitching it to them, like, this is how we want to use these games, you know, I would think for them to throw a few at us, you know, as using them for education would not be a terrible thing. Well, here's the thing, is that the next best place to go after GLS is Gen Con. I went, uh, I'm sure it is. I went to PAX Prime this year, which I imagine is similar, but not as, as huge by any means in terms of the tabletop part. It's but, board uh, game heaven. Yeah, 
I have a friend that goes every year with his family. I mean, that's their vacation. I, it is. Maybe. It is awesome, and you know we we we'll talk about this later. But uh, we can actually, if you sh if you come to the educator slash um, uh, trade show, you know, or you know, uh, game store owner day, um, if you present there, you actually get in free for the conference. Cool. It's a four day pass. Mm -hmm. So uh, Sean Dickers uh, has done that a few times. Awesome. And I did it a few years ago, and I even got a press pass because you know the podcast. Um, and I was able to get in, and so I got to do some play testing a couple years ago on D and D Next. Neat. So that was that was really slick. So yeah, we need to we, we need to talk about that because these board game companies are here at they're yeah. at Gen Con. Right, and that right, would be right. A great place to meet. It'd be a great Let's place do it. and have fun. Yeah, and it's and it's in this year. I think it's late July, early August. So okay. it, wouldn't, it doesn't interfere with the beginning of school, which right. I've already happened on my calendar. Okay, we got to move along. We haven't right. gotten to dance stuff yet. <laughs> I told you we get on tangent. Off in the woods. Oh my god! One last thing. I'm just gonna pull it up, and then you know I'll put the link in the show notes. But uh, Graphite's been putting more and more uh, good things out there, and this is uh, great games for physics. So crayon physics is such a fun game. Um, you know, World of Goo. Portal 2, of course. Um, you know, there's this is cool stuff. So I will put this in the show notes. Ga okay, Gary's Mod, I don't know if that would be appropriate from my middle school. There's You can get some interesting things going on yeah. in there. Oh, well, you know, if I may, um, this is yes. a great segue. You may, Dan. This is a great segue because um, a lot of these games were made using the Box 2D physics engine, which is a free open source physics engine which powered Angry Birds and a lot of other games. Uh, as it so happens, GameSalad also includes that same physics library. So you can actually download GameSalad and uh, make your own physics game. Um, and like I always love to say, playing games is great, but making games is better. So uh, have your kids you know, download that and say, like, okay, what's cool about these physics games? What would I like to see that would make it better or more interesting? You know, they can go ahead and do it. And um, that stuff comes all out of the box. It's really easy to use. Okay, so this is, this is why you're here. I mean, you know. This is, it, but here's the thing. Okay, let me back out of this here for a second because I, I want to get on you here. Um, your background, what is your background in, in games? My background in games. Uh, well, the, um, the, the uh, and I have to say, you guys are the only um, sort of uh, uh, group of professionals that geek out at this um, like I you know I tell my wife's friends and nobody cares um, but when I tell people I worked at I worked on civilization people are like you know educators are like whoa hold on a second that's cool um, you know like everybody else I tell they're like oh what do you do they're like, oh, I make video games and I say anybody anything I heard of and I civilization I don't know what that is pirate what's that did you work on pirates as well not the not the 1987 version. Okay. That would, be, I would have been a little um, young for that one. But yeah, the the the, the newer version. Yes, I did work on that. Awesome. One. Um, but uh, but yeah, everyone always asks, is like, oh, do you Modern Warfare or uh, or Halo? No, but but educators actually have heard of uh, of Civ and a pirate. So uh, it's it's nice to you know to to to. Uh, have people actually recognize some things that you worked on, but those are the that's the, the the company that I first 
got into the games industry was uh, for Axis Games, which is based in uh, Baltimore, Maryland. And um, that was the first company I went to work for. And, um, you know, it's pretty much like, you know, game design university. I mean, you just learn so much stuff just working with such talented, you know, smart people. Um, and, you know, uh, you, you kind of hit on it earlier, Zach. It's like I... I was around all these games that had all this educational uh, um, uh, potential and components. We didn't really, we didn't really target that or think of that no. at the time. But we were always, uh, always one of the sort of uh, unspoken rules was we we always were building things that were that were family friendly, things that were, you know, not going to be. Um, you know, uh, super violent or controversial or anything like that. Um, they were meant to be accessible things that you could play with your with your kids and you know with your family. Um, and I was when I started there, I didn't have any kids. By the time I left, you know, I had I had uh, uh, my son was was uh, several years old and my daughter was almost born. So uh, those things became a lot more important and a lot more relevant, sort of towards the end of my time there. Um, but uh, the sort of weird, um, I guess, uh, journey I, I, I took into ed tech or to sort of um, discovering this space was that I, I met uh, Kurt Squire when he was doing his, um, I think he was doing his PhD dissertation on Civ at the time, and so he was coming in and talking to us, and they were like, hey, there's a guy that's doing his dissertation on Civ, and we were like, oh, that's cool, you know, like we didn't really think a whole lot of it. That's neat, you know. And then, yeah. like years later, when I came here, um, you know, I, I was we were really focusing on the consumer space, but um, you know, I started getting these emails from teachers saying this this product is really cool, can we use it in the classroom? And I said, you know, we really need to go to more of these conferences and talk to teachers and find out what they're what they're you know using it for and and what their needs are. And I started going through my my LinkedIn, and I was like, oh yeah, there was that guy that was doing his PhD dissertation. <laughs> I bet he probably has some contacts. I was like, "What's he doing now?" I looked it up, and I was like, "Whoa, he's got this whole thing going on." So yeah. So anyway, I, I reached out to him and I said, "You know, tell me where I should be going and who I should be talking to." And he's like, "You need to come to GLS." So that was sort of like the 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 beginning of you know uh, of taking that journey. So that's uh, and really the first step. Yeah. Yeah. So absolutely. The one thing that I think makes Civ so much fun, and games like Minecraft. I mean, you know, Minecraft's a sandbox, but Civilization is so there's so many variables and so many it's open ended. You you have so many different ways that you can uh, interact with the game and so many paths that you can take, and that's what made and it like you said it was made specifically for a consumer. That was the goal. So you want to make it fun for consumers, or you're not going to make money and you're not going to survive. Right. So you know that's that's the goal. So you have that, and it seems like for Game Salad, that's the same. Model, we're going to do this as a as a product. Where it it seems to be, from what I'm seeing here, a very successful consumer product. And now you're like, oh hey, not only can we make money on this, but we can actually get in the hands of kids and have them start learning how to you know create games. And it's a win-win. Yeah, yeah. It actually, uh, and the really funny thing is, again, we never set out to look for you know the education market with this with with Game Salad. It was just it was people coming to us saying, "This is really cool. I, I discovered it on my own, and now I'm going to use it in the classroom, and my kids love it. And you guys should really you know let more teachers know about it." It was like, "All right, that's a great idea." So. Yeah. Um, and and I you know I, I've only been with the company just over a year now, but um, I I sort of knew we were onto something when I was telling my son about it, and you know he's he's nine, 
so he was about eight when we started, and he's like, he's like, tell me more about this, you know, what, what your company is. And so I, I, you know, I told him what we were doing, and I showed him the, t and he was like, oh, you gotta let me use this, Dad. This is <laughs> like stuff. So, it, um, you know, it's just one of those things. I, when I grew up um, playing games on the Commodore 64, there were, you know, there were things yes. like. Gary Kitchen's Game Maker and Adventure Construction Set and Pinball Construction Set. And these were all things that, I mean, any anybody that I grew up, that I, that I know in the game industry is roughly the same age. You, if you mention those games, you're like, oh, man, you know, I remember playing that when I was when I was a kid on the Commodore 64. And a yeah. lot of those tools actually spurred people to, to become game developers because it just, like, you know, it's like uh, lighting a, a spark in somebody's imagination and it just goes wild. Um, and so I think, you know, a lot of the, I, I really love uh, the uh, the thought of being able to be a part of that for a new generation with this tool. So it's it kind of lets me geek out a little bit as, as far as, uh, you know, being able to give back and, and you know, also, not not only just from the perspective of kids like making games that are fun, but increasingly we realize that there are actually a lot of great benefits to you know that type of activity, um, and I just think it's I just think it's a great time for education and for you know this type of activity to kind of come together. It, it's cool that teachers don't cringe when you say games. You know, they're actually like, oh, cool, games are great in the classroom. It's like, you know, it's it's kind of amazing. Actually. It's getting better. It's yeah. getting better. There's still, and it's, you know what? And if for teachers out there that want to use it, they're going, you know, I think it's great that they're using it. And teachers that don't want to use it, I don't want them to use it. <laughs> if you're yeah. not going to get excited about it, <laughs> then you shouldn't use it. I mean, you know, you, you as a teacher, as an educator, you know, I think about the great teachers that I had. They were excited about what they did. It could have been the most boring thing in the world. But if they got excited about it, you got excited about it. It spread. Yeah. It really did. So I'm going to go nostalgia on here. And nostalgia on you, and um, uh, if I say Tandy Coco, the yeah. Tandy computer, the co color computer, the Trash Eighty, man, my one of my buddies down the street had the Trash Eighty. See, I, I was an oh Apple God, II Plus yeah. guy. Whoa! Oh, whoa! Whoa! <laughs> yeah, that was. Uh, we had the two E's that came into our school when I was in sixth grade, and we started messing around with just writing simple programming <sighs> stuff, yeah, and it just. Stuff. Oh, it's it's awesome, and it, yeah, you're right. We're all about that same age, and and this is this is an area that uh, is is big. The one thing that I think is very interesting, and you were talking about the non-digital games and the digital games, especially for Civilization. The choice I, I can't imagine the whiteboard or whatever you had going on, sticky notes, and you know, okay, you're going down, you're starting here, and you're going down this path, and these are your choices, and you know. These two decisions can lead to this, and these two decisions can lead to the. I can't even imagine the programming mm. for back then that had to go into that. Yeah, right. I, I have some kids right now. Um, I mean, you're talking, you know, whatever the format is, but I, I brought my kids back to um, text-based adventures, and I have a few of them right now creating their text-based adventures, and uh, I'm excited to see how that really turns out because they've done the, the storyboarding, you know, and, and it's – what a great activity for them, you know, to, like you say, with the, the choices and seeing. And it's kind of funny because as they start writing their story, it's like, you know, it looks great. You have a number of choices, but it looks like if I go one, two, three, four, you know, game over. So there's a, there is a lot that goes into it for sure. And for them to see that process, you know, visually before they create it is fantastic. Well, that's a, I think that's one of the key things is uh, just teaching. You know, th there's so many 
there's so many lessons to be learned by actually making anything, you know, but when you're talking about a game, I think it's really, um, it's really instructive because, you know, kids who play a lot of games but can't really explain to you why a game is fun or mm. not fun or, uh, it's one of the things I always tell people uh, who say, like, how do I get into the game industry and what kind of things do I need to do? And the very first thing I tell them is, you you know, it's true, just to, like, just to be a writer, you have to read a lot of books. If you want to be a filmmaker, you have to watch a lot of films. Obviously, it's like, hey, great, you get to play a lot of games. But it's more than that. You have to actually understand, you know, what is it that you're playing? Why is it fun to you or not fun to you? Why do some people like certain aspects of it or, or don't like other aspects of it? And that's that's great. And then when you sit down and try and make even a very simple game, and realize, like, wow, this is really hard. Like, this is really difficult. And you let somebody else play it, and you're so proud of it, and they're like, this is no fun at all. Right. Like, oh, you know. it's. But everybody has to go through that. Because yeah, they, yes. well, I think if everybody, I actually think gaming has gone through a really strange phase where, you know, um, and I, we kind of talked about it a little bit on the on the EdTech Bridge. Uh, it was kind of mentioned in, in, in passing a little bit that there's some really awesome stuff happening in gaming right now. There's some not-so-awesome stuff happening with some people who are, uh, who are really, I think, uh, uh, not treating other people very nicely. Um, but I think that that is all... Uh, going to come full circle because we've got a generation now of kids who are growing up who are all makers, makers who are all creators, and so yeah. they wow, what that person did was really hard to do. Um, you know, it's 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 just much easier to understand something. You go, well, this wasn't the greatest game I've ever played, but I I recognize all these things that they did that were really difficult, and they did a great job with them. And and I think that that's just something that you know empathy and the you know uh, uh, being a creator are are great um, lessons for kids, uh, and it's gonna I think result in a generation that's a lot more um, just a lot more pleasant to be around. I hope on the internet uh, and a lot more interesting. You know. So so with game salad. And uh, give me the, the gist of this, because it seems that, does this simplify the game-making process? Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, the the core of the idea was, um, it actually, it's funny, the, the company, we still consider ourselves a startup, but it's been around for several years, uh, like five or six years. Um, but the core of the idea really was, and our, and our, our sort of uh, mantra is, is game creation for everyone. And the idea was that, you know, everybody wants to make games. Everyone loves games, but programming is really, really hard. And, you know, the traditional sort of way of uh, teaching people how to program is a very uh, steep learning curve that kind of, you know, you guys grew up in the Apple, you know, the, <laughs> the, the Apple labs where, you know, you, you, you or, or, or even better, if I, if I can get really, uh, uh, really date myself, is I used to get the compute magazines and you would type in, oh. the, type in the programs that were in. Yes, um, yeah. Right? The Atari? Yeah, and you just type them all out, and then at the oh end, god. it's like, nope, you got a letter wrong, or you know, right. you oh just, my god, it didn't run. Um, but that's the kind of thing that you had to do. It was very, it was just, it was, it was very intense, and you bang your head against the wall, and you really <laughs> had to be like just obsessed with it. Whereas, you know, we have um, uh, now a. <laughs> Sorry, I did, I go to the arcade. I should have looked at this before. Because of course we have hobo with the shotgun. Yeah, that's, a, <laughs> that's an adult game. It's not. I mean, it's, 
It's based on yeah. it was based on the indie film that was done here in Austin. Um, so, but, but anyway. it's one of those things that, yeah, as a teacher, yeah, you need to go through. You'd go through some of the stuff, but then, yeah, you can have the kids rate yeah, games the, too. The, the, mm-hmm. the arcade is a place where people can put up their own games so that anybody else can play them. But um, for the sorry for the family friendly audience. Yeah, uh, don't don't have them play that one. But the. Um, <laughs> The tool that you download is called GameStyle Creator, and you put it on your computer, your PC, or your Mac. Um, and at that point, really, it's a it's a drag and drop toolkit for allowing um, anybody really to make their own games just by um, just by really uh, we have what's called we have three main concepts, which is we have scenes, which is sort of the levels or the backgrounds that your that your games takes place on. Uh, we have actors, which are the you know the characters. They can also be things like your score. Uh, they can be um, really any object that's going to have any type of logic in it, and then we have behaviors. And so making a game is really as simple as taking a scene, dragging some actors onto it, and then giving them behaviors. Um, and, you know, we did, we actually, at GLS, we did a little workshop where we had teachers come in, and we basically uh, showed them how to make a Angry Birds-style physics game, you know, in about an hour and a half. So mm. uh, it's really, it really is that simple. Um, you know, we have... Uh, I think I think Steve, I think you were talking about this earlier on the tech bridge as well. But um, we have uh, really cool things like you know one of our teachers who uses it down here in Texas. She has her high school students uh, using GameSalad to build math remediation games that are used in the elementary school. So the elementary school teacher is saying, "Here's the things that our class is having problems with this this uh, semester," and the uh, high school classes she's teaching, rather than just say, go out and make a game of whatever, she's like, I want you to make something that you know is going to actually have an impact and really help uh, other kids. So here are the subjects they're having trouble with in fifth grade, and they'll make these math games for fifth graders. They, they put them on their iPads, and then the fifth graders are using games that were created by you know other kids who are you know in the high school. So it's a really cool, uh, I really love that because it's an ecosystem where you know, you're basically uh, uh, consuming content that was created by somebody that's local to you and understands your needs, um, and in turn, you're like, "That's really cool," and I want to, I want to create that kind of content as well. Um, and again, it's all, it's all drag and drop. Um, you know, there's a lot of um, concepts that are are uh, very much what you would need to know to learn how to program in a traditional programming language. Um, you just don't realize that you're learning those things while you're doing it. So we, you know, there's object-oriented uh, inheritance and there's looping and conditionals and all these types of things, um, but rather than typing them into a window and hoping that you got it right and you're getting an obscure error message, you're dragging and dropping, pressing play, seeing what happens, mm-hmm. uh, and iterating on that, which I think is really, really key for this, you know, this generation. Now, Absolutely. if somebody really wants to get into deeper in programming, I mean, this would be a nice, I, I, because I'm seeing, <clears throat> I think this is great, I think it's wonderful, but I'm seeing that if somebody wanted to get deeper into the programming itself, they're going to need to know those things that are happening behind the scenes. Yeah, and, and uh, you know, I'll be I'll be honest. I mean, this this product we we uh, we obscure that we hide that. Um, that was just something that you know when they set out to build this product, they you know they made a decision that they did not want to uh, give people the ability to sort of write bad code and mess up their projects. Yeah. It was like, you know, uh, which you know, happens. It's pretty easy to do. You know, when you're coding. Um, we ha- but but we have 
gotten a lot of feedback over the years from people that said, like, GameSound's awesome, it's so easy to use, it really helped me learn how to develop, and now I want to start writing code, and so I'm moving, on, I'm moving on to this other package. And so, you know, we've, we've heard that, and we're actually, we're building, we're working on something that will sort of uh, be, you know, our, that will take the ease of use that we're known for and give people the ability to keep going and coding. So we are working on that at the moment. Um, that's, so that's, a, a conduit going to, you know, <laughs> this is your game gateway drug uh -huh. <laughs> yeah. And now yeah I mean no I think that's good yeah and I, you know we you know it's funny I mean I've, I I went to uh, ISTE this year and uh, you know I was talking to teachers and this one guy came up to me and he said hey he said my got my middle schoolers are making games in unity what can you know and I said look uh, if you're if you've got middle school kids who are making games in unity uh, I I would love to say that I've got a product that will you know change your life, but you know you've got a really great you know advanced group of kids there, and I think you're you know you know uh, that's great you know and it, and it really was more you know our our product does a really great job of sort of de um, demystifying mm. the uh, the concept of software development. Um, it, it, the other thing that's, and I don't, again, it's not something we set out to do, but it's just sort of something that we've kind of heard feedback from people that I think is really great, is that uh, because it's so easy to experiment with, to iterate with, to, to try things and not be afraid to sort of fail and, and keep building on it, um, we get, we hear teachers all the time say, you know, uh, that the, when they introduce this in the classroom, the kids who benefit the most were the ones who are really having, you know, the ones who are really uh, having trouble. Um, you know, the the smart kids, the kids who are thriving, you know, they love it and they do great stuff with it. But it seems to be a real um, force multiplier, if you will, for these kids who are sort of like, you know, feeling left behind. It like, you know, it really helps them feel comfortable with doing something without feeling like they're, you know, they're going to uh, break something if, or, you know, they're going to right. fail. And they're um, usually your outside-the-box think thinkers. Yeah, the ones yeah. They're going to create the really cool games, not the not the uh, book-smart kids. You'd say, I'm, I'm making huge generalizations, but, yeah, you, you get a lot of that where these kids will just really come up with some amazing ideas that you would never think of. So how, do, how does a teacher, you know, how does a teacher get to the point and say, hey, I want to try this out. What do they need to do? Well, the great thing is you can try it. Um, you can try it uh, anytime. I mean, you can go to GameStyle.com and there's a download uh, link there, and um, it'll download. You can install it and run it, um, and you can basically do almost everything in the product, um, you know, just by just by doing that. Um, we uh, we have some you know in, in sort of response to a lot of the uh, as I mentioned earlier a lot of the sort of organic uh, demand that came our way people were saying hey you need a curriculum you need to have some things that we can that'll help us set up a you know a game design class so we have that stuff um, you know and, and you know we sell that stuff uh, you know in, in sort of content packs. Um, but uh, as far as trying it out yourself and just seeing, you know, what it will do and whether it's the right fit for you, you can do that totally free. Um, and the only thing you really don't get with the free version is is support. We can't we can't give tech support for the the free version. But right. um, but don't tell anybody if you just send me an email or tweet <laughs> me. I'll I would rather I'd rather have a teacher say I really want to use this and I can't figure it out and I help them and they use it in the classroom. Right. Then, well, I can't get tech support, so I'm just going to not use it. So yeah. Um, 
it, you know, it's it's a it's a uh, there's a lot to it. Um, you know, some people pick it up really really fast, and and you know, I get emails from teachers that say I learned it in a weekend and it's changed my life. Uh, there's other people that just say like I need a step by step training thing. Right. And and so we've kind of developed uh, tutorials and things like that for that purpose. I'm on the page right here, which is is quite. A, so there's is there actually an education version of Game Salad? It's uh, it, it's just a license. We call it Game Salad for Education um, because we give you know we we, we license it uh, to schools and we discount it pretty heavily for for education. We are actually working on. Um, a version that will be specifically for school, which the main things are, it'll just remove a lot of the stuff that you don't need. I mean, as I said before, we this product was built for sort of an end, you know, a consumer market, and so we've got like ads and in-app purchase and all this kind of stuff that schools don't want anything to do with. Uh, so we're actually we're, we're trying to kind of build a, a education version that'll sort of streamline and remove the things you don't need, um, but. Uh, uh, you know, basically, right now, the version you get is essentially the the full strength. Do you know you can put stuff on the app store? Um, I've actually had teachers that use it in school settings for like entrepreneur classes. They say like, yeah, hey, was, I want the kids. I was wondering about that. Yeah, and, and so that's uh, that's you know the cool side about it is is that you know and I. And I you know, I, I think there's a lot of stuff out there. There's a lot of tools out there, and we're not the only one by any stretch of the imagination. But, um, you know, we are a tool that's used by a lot of games in the App Store. I mean, we've had, we have 200,000 games on the App Store. We have wow. multiple multiple games that went to number one. We have a BAFTA mm. award winner. We have, um, I think, something like 75 games that hit the top 100. So it's a, it's a real... Um, I mean, you can make really, really, really sophisticated commercial games with this, which I think is cool. You know, kids sort of intuitively yeah. know you're trying to give them um, what uh, a, a colleague of mine calls uh, chocolate-covered broccoli. It's like they, <laughs> they know. Uh, and I think it's cool. We've heard that before, haven't we, Steve? Yeah. Yeah. So, but yeah, we're... we're um, I'm, you know, me personally, I really, really, really just love uh, hearing from teachers, hearing, you know, sort of the differences made with students, um, and so, you know, I, I'm like, you know, I will, I will work on any budget. Uh, I will work on, you know, I will find a way to make it make sense if you want to use it, because, you know, for me, I think it's, it's one of the greatest things about, one, it's one of the coolest things in my career, really, is that, you know, making games is fun. I love making games, but when you can do something where you actually have a real positive, you know, I understand why teachers do what they do. The first time, you know, I heard uh, one of you guys say, like, this made a huge difference in one of my students, you know, lives. It you know, I had a kid who thought he, you know, never it would have in a million years would have said that he wanted to become a programmer um, or, or a software engineer, and then he started using your, your software and was making games, and all of a sudden he's like, I'm going to enroll in programming classes. And when you hear that, it's like, that's really cool that it actually made a difference. Um, it's, it's a drug, Dan. <laughs> yeah, it, it really is. It is. It's a that's why we're in education. That's why Steve and I teach. It's just, it's so much fun. It's just, it's a blast. So, uh, Steve, any questions? Anything else? We're no, you know, time here. no, that's fine. I am, I'm anxious to, uh, to, to give Game Salad a good, a good stab. Uh, I just haven't, uh, you know, it's one of those things I keep, I, I've known of for a while, and I've never really used it yet, and I, I look forward to, and um, I'm going to, uh, I'll be one of those guys that's emailing you. So uh, hey, be ready. Time. 
anytime. Okay. If I post links in here, are they going to show up? Uh, will everybody? Be able I, to see yep, I will put them in the show notes. Well, I was going to uh, pop some up here, just a couple of YouTubes that are kind of um, in uh, <clears throat> something we talked about earlier. Uh, this is a talk uh, that um, I was fortunate enough to um, to uh, be out at the Casual Connect conference, which is all about uh, casual gaming, um, which it, it increasingly is no longer. It's not a it, casual gaming used to be like a fringe thing, and now really it is the dominant form of gaming, which is mm. you know, all of the uh, everything from sort of you know Facebook games to mobile games, but but basically it's it's sort of everything except. Hardcore shooter games on your Xbox, right? It's 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 all the games that are played by regular moms and dads and, and people who are sort of not self-identified hardcore gamers. Anyway, the conference has been is a really great conference, um, and uh, there was a um, a guy who I got to know because he was teaching Game Salad actually, um, and he was out there talking and he gave this this talk about finding inspiration for game design everywhere you look, and there's some really great stuff in there about um, activities and things you can do that really stimulate uh, sort of, you know, uh, uh, game design thinking, um, thinking about where you can find interesting mechanics in real world um, activities and things like that. It was a really great talk. Um, cool. And uh, that was, when, you, when we were talking about uh, the physical game design, I thought that was a good one. And then the other one, which I'll post, which is required viewing for any any kid that ever thinks they want to be a game developer, if they say, you know, what should I do, you give them that link, and that is mm. um, that is Sid Meier's talk at uh, GDC 2012, oh, where wow. he talks about what what games really are, and you know how you should think about um, your, you know, what you want to make, a, you know, what decisions you want to make when you're designing a game. It's just, it's a, it's a Really great talk, and it's uh, some some of the things you'll hear. You're like, wow, that's really common sense, but I never thought about that way before. And it's just sort of like, you know, just a really great. Uh, and, it's, yeah. and it's a really fun talk too. I'll that's be awesome. excited to 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 watch that one. So, Me but too. I can yeah, just drop it in the document, and then I will I will add that to the show notes. Oh, cool. And what will happen? This will go out. Uh, it'll it's going to be live. It's already live. It's out there on YouTube right now. Oh, um, <laughs> did you know that we were live, Dan? <laughs> no, <I laughs> yeah. So, uh, um, but on Saturday night, uh, I will post this on EdReach, and then it will go out, and then I'll have a show notes page. And then I will tweet that out, we'll Google it out, we'll Facebook it out, and then uh, we'll make sure those videos are in there. So make sure you add them in, and yeah. we will – yep, there you go. So that will work. Uh, Steve, we good? Mm -hmm. Yes. You're, you're on East Coast time. And I am. I'm, I'm tired. Fading. I'm, I'm fading. fading. Yeah, so yeah. thank you, Dan. Thank you so much. Thank you, Steve, for stepping in. Awesome. I job. appreciate it. Thanks, yep. guys. Yep. Yeah, thanks. Thank you, for thank you for listening to this week's Ed Gamer Podcast. Please follow us on edreach.us, and I'll also follow all the great podcasts and blog posts on the EdReach Network. Have a great week. Bye-bye, everybody. There he goes. Bye. Blog. <laughs>